Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I am your host Narad Muni and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. In this episode, we are finishing up the story of Gauri and her magic grove. In the two previous episodes, we met a stereotypically oppressed stepdaughter who had to do all the chores at home and then walk for miles minding her cows. She rescued a snake from some villagers and she got rewarded for that action when it turned out that the snake was a god. A god who could actually have very well defended himself. Gauri asked Nag, the snake god, for a magic grove for her cows. A voice activated an environmentally friendly grove that also had robotic wheels so that it could follow her around everywhere. And because she had cared more about the comfort of her cows than of herself, Nag threw in a bonus that he would be her guardian angel all the time, like her own personal genie, but without the burden of a lamp and with no limit on wishes. She only had to think of Nag and he would appear. Gauri kept the grove hidden from her evil stepmother Buri, her sister Mauni, and even her father Lachar. But the king of the land, King Bhola, stumbled on it once while hunting. Bhola and Gauri fell for each other and soon they were married. And even though Buri got a massive upgrade in her lifestyle thanks to Gauri, her resentment towards the girl only grew. So much so that she attempted to poison her stepdaughter. Nag came to her rescue every time. Finally though, when Gauri was at her parents' home with her newly born baby girl, Buri waited for the right opportunity and pushed Gauri into a very deep well. That's where we'll continue the story. As Gauri fell straight towards the bottom of the very, very deep well, she remembered her guardian angel. The moment she did, Nag appeared out of thin air and grabbed her gently, not in a constricting way, the way many snakes are known to. He set her down softly on a ledge near the bottom of the well. Gauri looked up at the opening. She could barely see a tiny point of light that appeared miles above her. That must be the opening of the well. 
up at the surface, Buri had a shock of her own. The tree cover all around that she thought was protecting her from being seen by eyewitnesses was suddenly gone. And then she realized that the trees had been part of the grove. And when Gauri fell, the grove disappeared. The house was very clearly visible from where Buri stood. And right there, between the well and the house, were a pair of eyes staring at her in shock. It was Mauni. Meanwhile, at the bottom of the well, Gauri's faith in humans had been shaken to the core. She had not realized her stepmom could do this to her. Who could have thought that someone who made those yummy gulab jamuns could also commit such a terrible crime? About that, said Nag. She actually did try to kill you with those gulab jamuns. But I swapped out the poisoned ones for the non-poisoned variety from Haldirams. And you didn't think to tell me? asked Gauri. I had a sticky note to remind myself about it. Now where is it? He fumbled in his pockets. Never mind. What do I do now? How do I get back to my baby? asked Gauri. Let me explain, said Nag. A few things have changed since we last met. For one thing, I've retired. I can no longer do the kind of magic I was able to. At least, not in the daytime. Congratulations, muttered Gauri. But you magically appeared and saved me. That's because you were in clear and present danger and I'm still your guardian angel. But if your life's not in immediate danger, I can't do much else anymore. You could take me out of the well, said Gauri. Not tonight, said Nag. I used up all my energy just getting here. I need to rest and recharge. What will I do then? How will I survive? And my baby? Do you at least have Wi-Fi? Or a telephone? Nag sadly shook his head. He touched a hidden button on the well walls. A section slid open and revealed a massive palace. It was Nag's home. It was well furnished with all the comforts one might expect from a palace under the ground. But without Wi-Fi and without even a telephone, there was no way that Gauri would want to be here for long. Reluctantly, she entered and decided to wait it out until Nag was ready to work his magic again. Meanwhile, up on the surface, Buri 
had gotten the next phase of her plan going. She coaxed Mauni to slip into the queen's clothes, complete with veil and everything. Mauni was going to be queen. More accurately, she was going to pretend to be queen. Not wanting her mother to be thrown into prison for the sake of the stepsister that she didn't really care much for, Mauni played along. She was careful to avoid speaking to the domestic staff and her personal bodyguards. And it mostly worked. Thanks to a strong culture that forced domestic staff to keep their eyes to the ground when addressing or being addressed by royalty. Mauni couldn't do much with the baby though. Gauri's baby clearly did not think Mauni was mummy, even if she was wearing mummy's clothes. The baby clearly expressed all she could about her theory that mummy had disappeared and that this was an imposter. But her nanny wouldn't pay attention. Maybe the nanny just didn't understand baby language. Mauni announced to the staff, As your queen, I command that we head back to the palace tonight. We don't need to wait till tomorrow. And did I mention I am your queen? As you please, your majesty. But should we not wait for your grove to return? Asked one maid. You mean go... Of course, my, my grove. Yes, I mean, no. It'll catch up. Poor Grove hadn't had a vacation in years, so I gave it a week off. That seemed to suffice for now. Mauni, her staff and security detail returned to the palace. She was careful to avoid the king at all costs. She also avoided the baby and the other maids. In fact, she just wanted to disappear. This was going to be hard, even with a veil on her face all the time. The poor baby cried for her mom all the time. And this was noticed by everyone, even the king. King Bhola wanted to talk to his wife about it. But she was not meeting his gaze. And she was hiding behind that veil of hers. She said she was feeling a bit under the weather. That was probably making the baby cry all the time when she went near her. The queen also told him that she'd like to keep her very sick face hidden if he didn't mind. He did mind, but he couldn't argue. He walked away with lingering doubt in his mind. Gauri had seemed to have gotten taller by about a foot, and her hair was a completely different color 
and length and the grove no longer seemed to be anywhere. But he thought it was all probably okay. I mean, what's the possibility that someone would actually be silly enough to substitute in for Gauri at the cost of great personal risk to themselves? Gauri had probably just gone in for a new hair color at the local salon. And she was probably wearing high heels now. That's why she must have seemed taller. And her sickness? Maybe that did explain why the baby was crying all the time. The bigger problem, he thought, was the grove. Why did she have to send it on vacation? Truth be told, he was desperate for those lovely fruits from the grove. That had been the worst part of his wife being away. Days passed, and then suddenly, one day, the baby princess wasn't crying anymore. As the king was passing by, he was surprised to see that the cradle was minus one crying baby and plus one smiling baby and plus a lot of fruits. He was thrilled. In a fit of joy, he rushed to the cradle and said, Come to Papa and grabbed a handful of fruits and began gobbling them down. Within a bite or two, he was positive. These were fruits from the grove. He knew that taste. He rushed to the window. But the grove was not in its usual spot. He asked Mauni, who said that the grove was still on vacation. Give it a break, will you? she added. To the king, this was getting more and more suspicious. The same thing happened the next morning and the morning after. Smiling baby, cradle full of fruits. Then Pola decided to take matters into his own hands. He hid in the baby's room at night. And right in the middle of the night, a figure came in from the window and approached the cradle. Somehow, the security alarm did not trigger. This was strange. He thought he had armed it himself. Grabbing his flashlight, he screamed, Freeze! Hands in the air! Step away from the cradle! But when he shone his flashlight on her face, he was the one who froze. Because in front of him stood Gauri. Yes, Gauri. She had been helped into the palace by Nag. Why she hadn't simply gone straight to the king the very first night is a glaring plot hole in the story. The excuse she used was that she didn't want the king to harm her sister, Mauni, who was masquerading as the queen. 
But that was a pretty weak excuse, if you ask me. Having heard the screams, Mauni came into the room as well. Somehow, Gauri convinced Pola not to punish Mauni or even Buri, which was a terrible mistake. But Gauri would never again have anything to do with the family that had wronged her all her life and that had almost destroyed her, her baby and the king and by extension the entire kingdom. That's all for now. A couple of notes on the show. Buri means evil in Hindi. Lachar is helpless and Mauni is silent. Bhola is innocent. He lacks the ability to identify Mauni as an imposter despite all of the glaring signs. This story, as I mentioned earlier, is from Jain literature. In the original version, Nag had set a midnight curfew for Gauri to return after seeing her baby in the palace. Pretty much like Cinderella. There are many other parallels with Cinderella you might have noticed earlier. That's all I have for now. In the next episode, we'll switch back to the Mahabharat. We'll see what happens when King Shantanu tries to take care of a pest problem. Again, I want to wish all of my listeners a very happy Diwali. If you have comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories you'd like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. Thanks to all of you listeners for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. I'll see you next time.